welcome to the Evidence Informed Teaching Podcast. Are you a teacher wanting to improve your classroom practice and deliver excellent teaching through access to research? Do you have a passion for teaching and are looking to connect with other like-minded colleagues through professional discussions? The Charter College has partnered with TeacherTap to support teachers to deliver excellent teaching through access to research and we invite you to be part of this community. On this podcast you will hear from fellow teachers, research experts and you have the opportunity to be part of this professional discussion. You can find out more about the Charter College of Teaching and TeacherTap in the show notes and if you find this episode helpful why not share it with a teacher friend take a screenshot and post it on your social media or even better leave us a five-star written review so i am really delighted today to be talking with anton zastavny who is the head teacher of the british international school in ukraine hello anton Hi, hello. Uh, it's a pleasure for being here. Thank you very much for this opportunity. I'm actually not the head teacher. I'm, uh, I have the official post of CEO um, oh, and, and we do have a big <laughs> academic team. But I think, you know, in, in, in my position, it taught me that I have to wear different, many different hats and uh, understand the teaching and learning process quite, quite deeply. So uh, <laughs> I don't mind if I would be called a head teacher one one day, but not not now yet, not yet. Okay, well, thank you very much, Anton. So I thought it would be really interesting for our members to hear from you about your career today, about your school, about you know the circumstances you're in, because it's quite often in in the UK. Quite often we feel that we are under pressure. We feel that we have all kinds of issues that we need to be dealing with and paperwork that needs to be done and marking and planning and preparation and recruitment and all kinds of things but my sense is that um you probably have all of that and much much more so it would be really useful and interesting to i think to our listeners to hear from you about your perspectives so let's start with you and who you are and you know why did you come into this role? What, what have you done before this role, um, before you're here today? Yeah, so I have probably a slightly unusual path of um, of joining the amazing uh, education landscape. So I've I've graduated the law faculty in Kyiv, Ukraine, uh, with uh, undergraduate and then my master's. Um, but I've only worked in a, in a law company as a you know, junior lawyer or assistant lawyer uh, for a couple of years. Um, and it was a little bit boring for me, to be honest. And prior to that, I had a couple of jobs, uh, internships in the court and the uh, prosecutor's office. So that was my initial intention. I, I wanted to have some impact on the country and the place where I was uh, brought up uh, and I was passionate about that. But after these internships, I realized that I don't have, um, I I won't have the powers to do so. And my career path is not clear within that system, within within those relationships that I've witnessed when I was um, an intern there. So uh, then I went to the private practice uh, in law and it was, to be honest, a little bit boring. (laughs) me because there was a lot of paperwork um, and not a lot of activity and 
Uh, after that, I joined. Uh, I had an opportunity to become a manager uh, in actually in a restaurant, which is a huge turn. <laughs> so I worked then in the restaurant, and it, I think I have a little bit of this entrepreneurial spirit, which allowed me to create more, perhaps. Um, but now this wasn't perhaps the choice. My, my choice of my life, you know, that I wanted to pursue for a career there. So I worked there a couple of years. It was a very interesting experience of working with people um, on, on all sides as a working with customers, but also working as a manager with different different kind of uh, departments. So I learned a lot there because it was a lot of very interesting people who worked, some of them who worked all their life in the, in the one place, which was phenomenal to me um, for more than 40 50 years of career in one one in one place i think this is something extraordinary which you don't see now very often so met very interesting people and then there was an opportunity to join the school and i was also quite good with the language um with english language and i think there was a new principal joining at that time so uh and i joined more in the operations department in the admin role but also assisting the principal on the legal affairs so where i can use my skills and education there and uh, since then i think in a couple of years my role developed um within the school i get to know how the school functions better perhaps uh it would be easier to describe my role in 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 the uk as a bursar with all the responsibilities that i had um and as a school we also have a par parent company in the uk um, and there was a change of management, and that's when I had the opportunity to move to London um, and join the company there. And that's what I did in 2014. Um, and I moved to, uh, to London, um, and I was still working with the school, but more on the, as well, admin basis uh, on the operational side. I wasn't involved in the educational process. Um, and I uh, developed a small educational consultancy while I was in London, mostly assisting children and families wanting to get into UK universities. And also some of the families who are relocating uh, to the UK. And uh, sometimes it's been as well to finding schools and helping those students settle. Um, and then again, in the couple of years, as the school was growing in Ukraine, there was a lot of plans, a lot of ideas, and we still have those ideas to uh, open another another school, a boarding school, actually, uh, just outside Kyiv. And as we were growing, uh, there was a necessity to be more hands on in the day to day management. Obviously, we had a team, so we were a family of four schools and we had a, a head of school uh, in each of them, and we had a principal, so we did have people in all areas responsible for their parts of the of the job. And for the development phase, we needed someone someone who could take on the project and also develop international partnership because we wanted to build it on the um, example of uh, follow of the best British boarding schools. Uh, so that's when I kind of joined in in this role, working closely with the uh, school in Ukraine. But since then, a lot of things changed uh, <laughs> and I had to, as I started, wear many hats uh, and I'm trying trying to do so yeah, until today, coping with with everything that I have to. 
can you describe the school that you're working in at the minute? What what kind of school is it? Yes, I I, I think uh, our of course we're we're now in a difficult position. Um, but uh, what we do really want to, how we want to get out of it, we really want to wait, um, come out of this situation as winners and innovators. Um, and uh, of course, we're facing many uh, existential challenges <laughs> as yeah. a school. I mean, as a as an organization, you know, in, in the first place, and maybe not just physically, but you know, operationally, because a lot of things have uh, changed not in the direction that we planned and all our school development plan was intended to so i think by this time this year we were planning to have a bso inspection in the school and uh, at the moment uh, we're perhaps lucky not to have any inspections given the circumstances and it's not possible to organize them but we re re viewing all our processes and everything that we're doing at the moment because ha uh, half of our school is operating internally so we manage everything and uh, part of the program especially the international program is delivered by partners uh, online because unfortunately we uh, can't have the same number of uh, international staff to fulfill those specific areas and subjects so I think we were in the second year of operating in, the, in this uh, in this um, new model. Um, we're developing it, and also at the same time, it's a challenge for our uh, Ukrainian colleagues there because they had to take on a lot of new responsibilities. So I think this year uh, is a year of transformation for us because we understand that. Um, however, the situation develops further on in the future on a macro scale, things will never be the same as they were, you know, before the war, before the wide war, which has started in February of 2022. Um, so we understand we need to um, develop new approaches and these approaches are, require our local colleagues to be more involved in the process, especially in the international part of what we're doing, because we're a bilingual school. So we deliver both um, British, international and Ukrainian curriculum. And it used to be that the international curriculum was solely managed by the international team. Now, this is not possible anymore. <laughs> so we do have to and we are trying and we're really lucky with you know with all of our ukrainian colleagues who took on a lot of extra responsibilities who took on a lot of um uncomfortable you know zones which they probably did not plan to in in their career but uh i, I really hope in this way we could also grow a new um perhaps new team of uh educators who could spread our approach spread our model uh, wider in ukraine how many children do you have and what ages are they yeah, so we have uh, about 140 children at the moment, and we're a whole through school um, from, so it's three to 18, but obviously I think our oldest students are 17 years old. So, um, and some of our students are physically attending the school, majority of them in Kyiv and Dnipro. Um, some of our students are online uh, in different parts of the world. And did, did, I can't remember the time scale. So we had the obviously we had the worldwide pandemic. 
<laughs> did the did the trouble in Ukraine, the war that developed in Ukraine, did that happen immediately after the pandemic, or was there a bit of a a gap? Yeah, I think uh, there was a a, a small gap, uh, which uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, as everyone, I think there was the theme of getting back to normal, yes. back to normality, um, and then uh, obviously everything else happened, and it started in. You know, we could say in January, December, January, when the tensions were rising. Um, however, we still did not expect the situation to develop in 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 that horrible ways of it. So we we were we were very much you know had much better expectations, I think. So and here in the UK, and I suspect other in other places in the world, you know, there was a lot on the news about the conflict in Ukraine. There were lots of images of families leaving homes and um, trying to to come to other countries to, to seek safety and so on. How how did you cope during that time with leading a school with so many families involved in your school? What was what was it like? Yeah, so uh, initially when things were developing uh, in January and February, we discussed obviously this possible scenario, although hope that it never happened. So we wrote this email, which we're uh, intending never to send. And it was even called like that. Um, our principal developed this letter. And when it all began, um, we obviously sent that letter to the um, to their families in the first place, parents uh, and uh, then staff separately. But uh, uh, as uh, our huge obligation to our international staff, you know, in, in Ukraine. Our, our big priority was to ensure that they are safe and, and that they are able to leave the country. So uh, everything uh, perhaps started in first in some some orientation and meeting, but it was very difficult, you know, to to think clearly and calmly at that point. But what we automatically started to do is to prepare the evacuation of our international staff. Because thank God we were lucky with parents taking care of the children, so everything was uh, pretty uh, normal in that sense. That parents took on their responsibilities and took the children home and um, decided on their future um, plans uh, directly. And we were planning on how to assist our. Uh, international staff and obviously those uh, local staff who needed help. And uh, the biggest the, the biggest task for the first two weeks was to evacuate the international staff. And that's what we've been doing. And the problem with that, that obviously you can imagine how the roads, all the public transport, everything was flooded with traffic, with people, animals, everything. There was there was it was a crazy situation. Um, and of course, there was different possible scenarios of it unfolding. So some people thought that it will end in a couple of days, and there was such messages in in the media. Some uh, and pe some people decided, okay, we'll just rather wait because if you if you remember, there was active um, military activity going on, so it, it was also quite dangerous to move move around in a car. You never knew. You know what 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 might happen during this, um, and it was also difficult to keep up the contact with everyone because it's a lot of people and everyone has their individual 
um, situations and family members, some 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 uh, family members. So everyone were located to school in the first time, and then we organized transport and logistics to go um, to um, area in Western Ukraine. Right. And then decide next, because again, we still had hopes that this will end. You know, people don't know what to do. Should I pack all my stuff? Will I return? Again, uh, animals and pets who are part of the family, uh, difficult to transport, what should I do with them? Um, and all, all sorts of questions, which, you know, we probably were asked, you know, as a school, as a, as a, as a management, but we did not have necessarily the answers to, but we tried to address them, you know, one, one at a time. Yes, I mean, that's one of the things when you lead a school, isn't it, that the community tend to think that you, you because you're in a position of authority, that you probably know the answers to all sorts of things that exactly possibly you don't. And I'm sure that must have taken a great toll on you. That must have been a really challenging time to try and do all that organisational, that feat of organisation to, to get everybody where they wanted to be, to be away from the school and to be safe, but also to reassure people about some things that you probably couldn't reassure them about. How did you cope at that time, do you think? Um, I guess at, at that point there was so much to do, so many things to cover. So I, I think at that point it was simultaneously, obviously there was, you know, day to day and all the incoming uh, questions from all sorts, all departments and on different kind of people to to try to answer and find solutions for them. And then the same, at the same time, we're trying to find the rent a big hotel in Western Ukraine to um, to to move the people there. And it was also a challenge because everyone probably in Ukraine were doing the same thing. Some some have already secured it in the past. So a lot of, you know, IT companies which are very mobile, they move their stuff. And uh, so at one point, I think all the hotels and sanatoriums even closed once, not used anymore. They were all full with people, all booked uh, in advance. So there was a really difficult, uh, difficult exercise to, to find where to relocate people. Because uh, if again, if we do Ukraine is quite a huge country, so you cannot the road from Kyiv to the western Ukraine, so we went to the border there, it's about eight or ten hours, and in these circumstances it was days, so you cannot just go straight away abroad. You need to stop somewhere because you need time. Um, and again, <laughs> we were thinking about, okay, how do we organize the lessons, you know? <laughs> what yeah. do we do with the learning process? Um, we knew that we'll do it online, but I mean, when and how and uh, when can we start and who can start, who can work, what kind of condition, you know, mentally uh, are our colleagues in? And obviously we weren't asking anyone to do anything at that point, but we were thinking about the future. So what, what, what should we, what we should be prepared for? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you said that working in that restaurant helped you build that sort of entrepreneurial skill and I'm guessing those kind of skills were really really important um, probably still are actually because it's all about problem solving isn't it it's about how can we how can we take the situation which feels unprecedented and try and find a way through so that we can still provide education for as many children as possible we can still support as many teachers as we can um, 
how how's the school running now can you sort of talk through a sort of a typical kind of can you give us a picture of of, of what it's like i don't know today what's what's it like in your school yeah i, I think um previous year we've been adapting to to this you know circumstances of course our biggest loss is the many staff that we lost international and ukrainian because uh, ukrainian staff have moved, a lot of ukrainian teachers have moved abroad not only from our school but just from the country and they found jobs that um in, in different countries and that's where they're staying at the moment um and obviously the international staff moved on because uh, you know everyone has their lives and in in the previous year we were able to keep a small cohort of our of our teachers and uh, it, it was great it was amazing because they really helped you know to stabilize because when the attacks are happening um then the learning stops and everyone has to go to the shelter and if we don't have anyone who's not physically present you know in the school then then they can at least work with those students who are online or establish some kind of continuity they can set up quickly so it's really balanced kind of our working routine now now at, at today it's it's uh, pretty much similar but we've polished a lot of the processes that we've um that we were working on in the previous year with our partners because uh, i think most of our partners are working with children uh, or, or or their intention were to work with children who are homeschooled or uh, or living abroad with families in different countries but still want to follow the british or international curriculum um, and we're joined them as a school, you know, as an entity with, uh, of course, our classrooms and our form tutors and everything else. So there's been a lot of communication, um, synchronization. That's that's the most important to make sure that everyone has a good link with the, with the people uh, who are responsible for a particular area. Um, uh, and at the moment, I think you won't see much of a difference between uh, our school functioning and the school elsewhere uh, it's only the fact that when the air alerts are happening mm -hmm. then we have to go to the shelter and follow the protocol which we've you know i think we've learned and uh, already adopted quite well everyone knows what to do it's just unfortunately a horrible part of routine uh, but uh, hopefully they won't be happening as often as previous year because it was really really hard and especially in the winter months when it's cold it's a, a shelter is in the underground and uh, of course it has some facilities there but uh, basically when it happens uh, children and staff are required to go to the shelter and continue studies there if if, if possible and most do you know as, as if it's just you know um again part of life at this at this moment so you you carry on teaching underground. exactly yeah because you never know how long it will last, you know. That's that's the problem. There's no, yeah, there's no time 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 frames. Yeah, it must be very challenging. So you you're you've got the opportunity for lots of online learning with your international teachers alongside the face to face learning that's going on in the school. So it's it's genuinely hybrid. And yes, it, think, it is. Do you think if we hadn't had the pandemic experience? that that would have been much more difficult i mean not that anybody want, would have wanted the pandemic but there were there are some there are some positives aren't there i mean us talking now the two of us talking now absolutely you in ukraine and and me in hartford in in england 
we probably wouldn't have done this. We probably would have said, oh, one time when you come over to London, we'll sit down and we'll record a, an interview. We probably wouldn't have done anything using the internet in the way that we kind of quite routinely do now. So I absolutely, guess Absolutely, yes. No, yes, you're absolutely right. And um, it's helped because we were always working on developing the you know digital literacy and skills uh, with the staff and students. But uh, of course, pandemic as for everyone it kind of speed speeded up that process and that enabled us to launch the virtual school in two weeks after the um full-scale war has started in february so we were up and running uh, of course there there was some some things that we could not manage in the same way as normal and uh but we did we did work and we did try to continue the learning happening with the students and keeping in touch uh, yeah so it, it's it's it is probably a credit to the to the pandemic and 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 the ways that we had to overcome it yes and to the creativity and resilience of teachers exactly like, yes. you know, in terms of you know we we had to find ways of communicating um, and the and the other thing is also I think a lot of online schools have also uh, were established after or during that period, which I think allowed allowed uh, many to receive access to you know to the British and uh, education in many other countries because again you can do it online wherever you are at the moment, which yeah. is which is good. But having said that, we do understand that it's not the same as you know, people having physical contact and teaching and learning. Um, it's I think it's crucial because there's some kind of, you know, magic happening between the teacher and the students when it's happening um, in, in, a, in a setting, in a physical setting. And uh, we, we hope it's a, it's a temporary measure, but we do want to use the advantages of it as good as we can, because there's some subjects which are quite rare and difficult to organize, uh, you know, for our students in, in Ukraine. Um, maybe there's not a lot of uh, students who really want them. Maybe there's only one or two, but we still want to give that opportunity for them to do that. For example, like f film studies, you know, and we won't be able to have a film studies teacher or instructor in the school where we can deliver that experience digitally and, and and you know as many other schools are doing that I think all over the world now too. So I was fortunate enough about 15 years ago to come to visit Ukraine. I came on a British Council study visit with other teachers and we visited schools in Lviv and um, I was really impressed when I came to visit with the kind of sense of ambition of teachers that I met. They were really keen to innovate and to learn and to look beyond Ukraine to see what, what was happening across the world that they could learn from. Do you have a do you have a sense that in spite of everything <laughs> that that ambition remains with Ukrainian teachers? Yes, I'm I'm very confident that 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 it's there and I think Ukraine is understands that it can't just rebuild, you know, it has to leapfrog whatever whatever we lost, you know, we have to leapfrog to the future and use all the latest technology and innovation available. That's why we are developing our AI strategy in the school now quite extensively and hoping to use the artificial intelligence to 
facilitate the learning, but also to make sure that all of us, of our staff and students are using it uh, properly, you know, to improve their again teaching and learning because uh, it provides so much um, so much opportunities. But I think don't not everyone realize um, the whole think depth of this um, incredible tool that's become available. Um, but on the other side, of course, we have uh, educational reform happening now in Ukraine, and there's a lot of digitalization in it. Um, uh, and I think Ukraine has been on the path uh, of reforms for many years now, many, many years in, in the school, at least area. And there has been a lot of um, uh, great influence from European partners, uh, and I think uh, we were very influenced by the Finnish school system, which is amazing. Um, but uh, at the same time, I don't think that Ukrainian educators have a lot of access to the Finnish um, educational model. I, I'm not aware of any Finnish school in Ukraine where educators would be able to come and see how it works, how it, you know, how it looks like, how it should look like, and and really not just to read that uh, policy, read that uh, work workbook, and to have that webinar. That's that's all great, but you do have to see how it works in practice. And I'm hoping that we're as a British school uh, will be able to deliver um deliver this uh, and share our methodology our way of um of, you know working with students working with teachers developing teachers uh, hopefully there's something that will be um developing with you too with uh, upskilling our teachers in in the professional credentials um and, and again this would provide uh, create our school um develop our school as a platform for a new era of uh, hopefully of, U of Ukraine when it will flourish and we understand we might not have the whole national impact well at least if we could cover um in the main cities I think that's what we that's what we are aiming to do have much more wider impact that we're having at the moment it's brilliant to hear that that ambition is is undimmed and you know one of the things that I of course, when I visited Ukraine, the Chartered College didn't exist, you know, but we now that we have this this opportunity, a professional learning organization that reaches out across the world, we're really keen from from our point of view at the Chartered College based in London. We're really keen to learn from colleagues all over the world. We're keen to hear from people like yourself, from school experiences, um, from teachers who are working sometimes in very challenging circumstances, but nevertheless are still managing to achieve results with their youngsters that mean that they that the youngsters want to learn, that they're motivated to learn, that teachers want to teach. You know, this is this is all so much part of the heart of our profession, I think, that there's that sense. Uh, you talked earlier about magic, about that sort of, I mean, it isn't magic, but it looks like magic when you see that learning that's that's kind of takes place face-to-face -face or, or online between children and teachers. Um, there is something rather wonderful when a child suddenly understands something that they haven't understood before. Um, it's, it's a, it feels like magic as a teacher. So the more we can spread those ideas, the better. And you talked about, I mean, you've been a member of the Chartered College and that's brilliant that you are, and we hope very much that you will spread the word across Ukraine. We're hoping as well to work with some of your teachers to build their professional expertise through the chartered route. 
Um, and this is another way that we can work with international schools um, to help teachers who are working across the world to be united in terms of a common bond of expertise when they're building that that knowledge together. So hope very much that your teachers will engage with that. Yes, I, I really have uh, want to add that our you know our success going through the most challenging times in the beginning and during the past year now is is also a credit to our international partners you know who have helped us in many different um, organizations um, we're part of COBIS and uh, COBIS is uh, helping us a lot and many schools who are part of um, of COBIS are we are grateful to you know organizations like uh, Century AI, which we also partnered to, uh, even before before the February of 2022, and we were I think pioneering the AI uh, use of AI in schools in Ukraine um, for pro providing us support until this day, and uh, also Firefly platform and many many others. But I, I think that the success of Ukraine as a country will. Uh, require uh, all of those educators and involved in the education who moved abroad to or at least a majority of them hopefully to come back and return and hopefully they'll have a lot of new experience new positive experience and and um, just uh, interesting insights you know how to develop how to change how to improve um, and this is invaluable because there was never such an opportunity for them. So all of those amazing countries like the UK, which welcomed uh, people, but I think educators specifically here because I think they learn so much and interacting with those uh, people who they met in their professional lives in, 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 in those countries where they were, but also bringing that experience back to Ukraine um, whenever that opportunity arises, hopefully soon. And when that opportunity does arise, when peace is restored, what are you personally, what are you most looking forward to? Well, uh, first of all, um, uh, when, you know, everything happened, I think I was at Cobis and delivering a speech being not in the best mood and condition, but uh, I think I've ended it by um, inviting, you know, everyone in, in the hall at that time. And I think it was also broadcasted online because it was that post-COVID year when there's still a lot of participants joining online and invited everyone to Ukraine. And I think I think that's what I would like to do, to see many, many of those people who, who were with us at this stage, but also anyone else. You know, there was so many words of support just coming to our school mailbox from, we don't know who, you know, but um, so many people really kind of interacted and offered their help and we were not able even to process all of that at that at that time and even until today but I, I'm think I think I really looking forward first of all to welcome um, everyone who, who will be willing to come uh, not only to a school but to, to Ukraine um, and I, I cannot imagine there'll be a, probably a boom of different different <laughs> The people and the events happening in that time. Um, that, that yeah. That's something I really want to see. And hopefully then as well, we'll be able to have many more international teachers in our school because this is really uh, in the core of our school, you know, to have those. Um, what we are trying to establish in our school is a British uh, environment, a British island in Ukraine, uh, which people are kind of, you know, joining uh, or um, how, how can I say diving into when they 
physically attend the school um, because that, that's what we want. We want people to speak in the English language when they're on the territory of the school and um, and try at least, even if it's difficult, you know, but I think this is the way that creates this learning atmosphere and uh, really has has the expectations, sets the expectations for everyone to speak, whereas and, and we know it's a challenge, of course. I mean, it's, it's really inspiring listening to you speak, Anton, and uh, you know, all the time you're speaking, you've got a great big smile on your face as well, which people won't know because they're just listening. But the reality is you're full of optimism, it seems to me, and that really is inspiring. And I'm, I'm assuming that compared with your career in law, you're finding that you're not quite bored right now. Is that right? So you... it's never boring. Yeah. You can <laughs> you can you can call it many different words, but it's definitely not boring. <laughs> no. Well, thank you so very much for talking to us today and for sharing your uh, your views and your experiences. It's it's really been very humbling actually listening to you um, and of all the things that you are trying to overcome whilst keeping your school going and keeping the atmosphere I'm sure very vibrant and caring for your students so is there anything else that you would want to tell our listeners before we we finish? Oh, thank you it's a huge honor for to be able to participate uh, on your podcast but also uh, to share a little bit of our story, uh, there's um, a lot, a lot, uh, obviously, that we could discuss. But uh, I think one of the most important things is why we have to remember it was doing it for the children and the future generations, but also for everyone around us. And that importance of, you know, uh, positive personal relationships, I think, is at the core of everything that we're doing. And um, as as I think we discussed earlier a little bit, if if there's anything uh, specific as a secret, you know, or something else to overcome these challenges, and and I think that's one one great uh, um, British uh, uh, phrase that we have in many many different settings: keep calm and carry on. And uh, yes, from also from challenging times, I believe, and I think it kind of you know takes concludes everything that we're doing and I think will serve for, serve us well you know for many 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 time to come okay well I think that's a, a great place to end so everybody we just need to keep calm and carry on um it's it's been fantastic talking to you Anton thank you very much indeed thank you thank you thank you very much if you have enjoyed today's episode and would like to access more research evidence for your classroom, you can join the Chartered College of Teaching for as little as $1.96 per month at www.chartered.college. And remember to download TeacherTap free from your app or Play Store to share your views, opinions and experiences from the classroom. Every voice makes the picture clearer.